Well, it's so good to see you today. Get my age, it's good to see anybody. Turn in your Bible to the book of the Revelation, if you would please. The book of the Revelation, chapter number three in your Bible. And I trust that you've had a good Thanksgiving weekend. I'm tired of turkey, I know that. Bless the Lord, I've had turkey sandwiches, smoked turkeys, plain turkey, greasy turkey, all kinds of turkey. But thank God for turkey. Amen. All right. I even felt backslid and cooked a hen. A hen is for those folks who's too poor to have turkey. So we had smoked hen over at the house. And uh, it was pretty good, I thought. I went over to Miss Mary's and Billy's and killed the hen. They didn't know it. I got that hen over there. But Amen. Was any ball games yesterday played on television? I guess everybody was thrilled to death at the outcome, huh, Brother Billy? I mean, uh, I'd like to bring you a message today. I haven't preached in a long time, so I don't have very much to preach today. I'd like to bring you a message today entitled, The Days in Which We Live. The Days in which we live. Revelation 3, verse 14. And under the angel of the church of the Odysseans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. And the Lord said, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. In other words... You make me sick. That's what Jesus said. You make me sick. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods, have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable, and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in fire, that thou may be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, at the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man that is miserable, cold, naked, and blind. If any man hear my voice and open the door, 
I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and is set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Uh, Shall we pray and just ask God to help us a little bit today. Our Father today, I pray today for spiritual strength, for physical strength, for emotional and mental strength, because without you, you say we can do nothing. So all of my talk and all of my study and all of my prayer will be absolutely in vain should you not take the message and apply it to the heart only as you can. Lord, I'm concerned about the day in which we live. Not much has been said about it. So I pray today that maybe an eye will be open, an ear will be quick to hear what the Spirit hath to say to us here today. In Jesus' name, amen. In times like these, the song says we need a Savior. In times like these, we need an anchor. In this old humanity of sifting sand, you never know who you can trust and who you cannot trust. Uh, you don't know who to vote for, and you don't know what's going to happen after you vote. We're living in a day when the cost of living and the cares of life and the confusion which encompasses our land more concerns us than what the Lord Jesus would have us to do. Or what the Bible may instruct us to do. If we spend as much time in our Bible and on our knees as we do in front of Fox News. We'd be a lot happier. And a lot more content. And a lot less confused. Amen. Our heroes yesterday have become... Failures of today. Have you noticed that? We're living in a day of compromise, complacency, confusion, and contentment. Isn't it amazing how content we are with the confusion in which we live in? Isn't it amazing how content we become with the corruption that surrounds us. Christ has taken the back seat in our homes in America. And you know it's the God's truth. Everything in the world comes before Christ. And we wonder why in the world we've slipped off as a nation that was founded on the principles of God's word and become a nation 
on the verge of despair. We're living in the days in which, number one, our country is calloused. We're living in a day when our churches have become cold. We're living in a day when the Christian has become content. You don't bother me, I don't bother you. I'll sit right here and not be moved. Amen. We're living in a day when I believe that Christ is concerned. Dive with me now, if you would please, into the Word of God. Verse 15 and 16, please. In the days in which we live. Well, preacher, I'm just looking for a church of my choice. What's wrong with finding one of God's choice? Well, I'm looking for one where I can be entertained. Haven't you got a television? Why don't you look for one where God will be honored and the word of God exalted and the Lord Jesus Christ obeyed. We're living in a day in which we need to wake up. Notice if you would please in verse 15 and 16. And I, I think maybe it would be good to look at this. Jesus said, I know thy works. That's what he said. I know thy works and that thou art cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. But because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. We're living in a day when our country has become calloused. Calloused, when I was just a wee lad, my first job off the farm was off bearing slabs at a sawmill. It's good, gentle work. You don't have to do anything. You just stay active all day. I think I was about 12 or 13 and I hired on for 75 cents an hour. And the log would be laid on the, on the, on the cart there and locked in and that cart would move toward the huge round saw. And as that got to the saw, that saw would begin to cut down the side of that long log. And when it got to the long end of the log, there would be a slab fall off. And it would hit the rollers and start rolling down yonder a long ways. And standing at the end of that long roller ramp was a little 12-year-old boy, skinny, kinky-headed. He was so skinny you could stand sideways stick his tongue out, he looked like a zipper. And that was me standing at the end of that roller. And that huge slab off that long log would come rolling down. And my job was to take that slab in hand and walk as fast as I could up to the top of the large slab pile and throw it off the back and be back down before that saw made another, another turn. 
And I did that eight hours a day. My hands began the first day. My mom looked at my hands and said, you cannot go back because my hands were absolutely cut to smithereens and bloody, if you please, that evening. And my mom, she worked on my hands and put stuff on it. Stuff, coal oil. That was the healing of all diseases when I was a kid. You drank it, you sat in it, you put it on to whatever was hurt, coil oil. Go get the coil oil. Some of you don't even know what that is. That's kerosene. A few city slickers. And days after day, my mom would work on those hands. And after about two, three weeks, there was no more cut on the hands. There was nothing on my hands now except tough, dried skin. They call it callous. Skin with no feeling. Skin that is tough. Calloused. America has become so hard and so calloused in sin. Now it no longer affects there were a time when tears would come to our eyes if we should hear what's going on in Washington, D.C. It makes no difference if you're a Democrat, a Republican, or an idiot. What's going on in our land ought to send us to our knees and ought to bring tears to our eyes that these crooked, calloused politicians who's lost all feeling for this nation and for the good of its people, will send off our young men and our young women there to fight political wars for their own gain. Dear God, we're living in a sorry, sorry situation, if you please. Callous with sin, content with self. I read the other day some verses over in the book of Isaiah, and I thought it might be applicable to today. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 4 says this Ah, sinful nation. Have you heard anything lately about a sinful nature? I don't know what you think of the Clintons. Don't even care what you think of the Clintons. But I know one thing. They've been accused of everything from biting on doorknobs to murder. I know one thing. If they, if they were to accuse me of that, I'd be indicted for something if it wasn't nothing but spitting in the yard. I don't know what you think of the politicians in America, but I think they're crooked. I think they're getting rich and richer off of taxpayer money. I think they're whoremongers, perverts, and everything else you can think of. And I think, bless your heart, God has got to judge this country or he'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. 
rotten, sorry, no good business going on in the entertainment world. I read today that $32 million, that sounds to me like a lot of money. Now, I know some of you could just pay that out of your pocket. That's what Bill O'Reilly paid to the girl who accused him of sexual harassment. And there's one of your conservative heroes. Well, you don't like conservative heroes. Have you ever heard of uh, Al Franken? John Conyers, Charlie Rose. Man, have you ever heard such filth? Wouldn't that be something that's happening 20 years ago? Oh, it was. We just didn't have the mass media that we have today. And everybody didn't have a telephone and tell a woman. Hello? I don't need any uranium, but evidently Russia did. Now, I don't know anything about politics, but when I heard they sold that uranium, I said, why in the world would we sell an uranium to the Russians? That's selling like dope, selling dope to the cartel. I just thought I'd talk to you about times like these. Now, we set about acting like everything is all right, and may I say to you, everything is not all right. Amen. Oh, by the way, would it be all right if Andrew and I and the deacon set up a slush fund to pay off all the harassment allegations against us? I mean, if we got mad and kicked your poodle, would it be all right if we had a, a, a slush fund whereby we could pay off so that you'd keep silent and not tell anybody how crooked we are? Well, that's what your elected officials have. Uh, just a mere $17 million has been paid out for hush-hush money for our elected officials in America. Of course, our country is so calloused and so past feelings because we're so interested in self. We Just leave us alone. We'll leave you alone. Don't mess with our beans and our potatoes and we won't say anything. Just don't come down to our church and threaten us. We won't do anything. Enough to gag a maggot. Amen. Or make a roach sick. And I'm so proud of our football players. I'm so proud of those guys. Multi-millionaires protesting for equal rights. <laughs> Give me a break. I ought to be the one protesting. I'm the one that's broke. I'm the one that God didn't give any talent to. I'm the one who's six foot tall, skinny as a rail. Have you seen some of them guys? They do this and their jackets pop. 
They ought to be on their knees thanking God for how he built them and the talent he gave them and the opportunities they have <clears throat> to play in football stadiums costing millions of dollars. Amen. No, they're protesting police brutality. i tell you what I'd like to do. I'd like to give every one of them guys a police uniform. and put them the very first night in Watts, California. And I'll guarantee they'll lose all their protesting equal rights because the first time you go through Watts with a California Highway Patrol suit on, somebody's going to try to whoop you. In times like these, we are calloused. We are selfish. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's my house, my car, my checking account, my kids. I don't, I don't understand that. I always thought it took two to make kids. But from the White House to the church house, America is callous to its knees. Isaiah said, ah, sinful nation. That's what he said, ah, sinful nation. And I believe with all my heart that if you read this, a people laden with iniquity. When 65% of Christian men in America watch pornography. You know what's problems with Al Franken? He's watching the wrong kind of stuff and listening to the wrong kind of stuff. The difference in you and Al Franken, you just ain't got caught yet. Be sure your sins will find you out. Amen. The Bible said a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. And then he said, why should, why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole body is faint. He describes a nation and attributes it to a human body. He said, you're sick from the top to the bottom. From the sole of your foot even to the head there is no soundness in it. But wounds and bruises and putrefying sores that have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burnt with fire. Your land strangers devour it in your presence and is desolate as overthrown by strangers. I believe with all my heart in times like these, we need a Savior. In times like these, we need an anchor, bless your heart. And I believe with all of my heart, this country has become calloused more and more and more. At 78 years old, preaching the gospel for 50 years, traveled up and down the highways of America, preached in churches all over this country. I preached in churches that were little I made big. I preached in churches that were big that I made little. 
And I've preached to all kinds of folk. I've preached to mad folk. I've preached to glad folk. I've preached to skinny folk, and I've preached to them other kind too. I've preached to red, yellow, black, and white all over in this site. I have preached all over this country. Preached and sung, preached and sung, till I was tired of my preaching and sunging. So I quit. But I've never seen churches and church people so hard and calloused. I used to preach and I'd see tears flow. Now I see anger. I used to preach and see the altars filled with souls falling on their face, repenting and getting saved. Now I see hard, hard people without feelings. America has become calloused. Secondly, the church had become cold. We should call the church the first church of the refrigerator. I know churches that shout that are cold. I know churches that don't shout that are cold. You know what makes churches cold? Cold people. Cold, hard, calloused people. People that no longer have any feelings. People who no longer have any compassion for the less fortunate. People who only see self and does not see others. I see people today and the church is cold. Verse 15. Oh, I would that you're either hot or cold. No. He said, and because you're not hot or cold, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Lukewarm churches have in need of nothing. Beautiful buildings, hard hearts. Large treasures filled with monies to spare. No tear for the soul that's perishing and going to hell. Jesus said, he that goeth forth weep and bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. How long has it been since you brought some sheaves with you? How long has it been since you walked down the street to a neighbor and said, Say, I wonder if you'd like to go to lunch with me next Sunday. Oh, sure. And then say, right after church. How long has it been since you brought somebody and sat by them in that pew and during the preaching of the gospel and the the exalting of the Lord Jesus Christ, you sat there with tears in your eyes and a prayer on your lips. Dear God, save old brother. Save him. Save him. He may never come back. Save him today. How long has it been since you've gone forth weeping, bearing precious seed? You know why? Your Christianity is cold. It's got cold. We become lukewarm. 
I didn't mean to upset you. Today, the churches, the spirit is grieved and is sorrowful. Paul said, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God by which you're sealed until the day of redemption. When you got saved, you became the participant, the very tabernacle, the very house of Almighty God. Jesus, in the person of the Holy Spirit, moved within your heart. Did you know that? Yeah. And then Jesus warns us through the Apostle Paul, said, grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you're sealed. What can you do? Or what can I do? Or what do I do that grieves the blessed Holy Spirit that lives within my being? He also says, quench not the Holy Spirit. Could it be that we become so churchy and so selfish that we've left him out of the mix? The spirit is sorrowing and the saints are slacking and the sermons are stagnant and the services are simmering. Oh, how we need for God to do something in our hearts again. We don't need to whoop something up. We need to get God to whoop something up in us. We need God to become fresh and new in our heart and our soul. Quit looking at all the wrong that's going on around us, but help us to be what is right, that we may set this world on the right stage again. The Bible says that we are his witnesses, are we not? And if somebody's been watching you all week last week, how excited are they about serving God? How exuberant and how excited are they at serving the Lord? And tonight at 6.30 when it's time to have church. I hope you're not worshiping those football players that's making all that money. I close. You say, why? Because you look like I need to. The country's callous. Is it not? Can I tell you some dumb things? That Harvey, uh, Harvey, uh, that was a earthquake, not earthquake. (laughs) Thank you. I read a little while ago, just a little while ago, That one house in Houston has flooded 21 times before this time. And they have collected $1,800,000 to rebuild that house 21 times. No wonder the owner said, That's my investment. Six bedrooms. And a swimming pool. Flooded 21 times. And insurance has rebuilt it every time to a tune of a million eight hundred thousand dollars. Thought I'd pitch it out there just because you like to use something like that. I didn't want you mad at me all day long. I just thought I'd say that. 
the country's calloused. The church is cold. I close. The Christian is content. Content with doing nothing. Content with showing up when you want to. Content doing your own thing regardless of what God says. In days in which we live, verse 17, because thou sayest, in verse Revelation 3, because thou sayest, I am rich and increase with goods. And God, I don't need you for anything. Hmm? Does that kind of describe the days in which we live? I said, does that kind of describe the days in which we live? We rich have need of nothing. Yeah. Because thou sayest that and knowest not, what's this? That thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Christian, are you content in your sins? Let me ask them, are you practicing anything today that was a sin 20 years ago? Are you participating in anything that you wouldn't allow your kids to participate in when they were young? Are you sniffing, smoking, injecting, or inhaling anything that was wrong 20 years ago? Are you okay with your kids doing what your mom and dad wasn't okay with you doing? I'm just, I hadn't preached in a while and I just wanted you to remember me. Christians content in their sins. Christians that are content in just sitting. There's one part of most Christians that are calloused. Would you like to guess which part it is? It's the part that you're using right now. It's the part you use every time we need volunteers. It's a part that you use every time we go soloing it. It's the part that you use when our bus workers on Saturdays going out and knocking doors and trying to win boys and girls, moms and dads and to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, we're callous. We're sinful and calloused and we're content with our services and content living in our sorrow. Could I close? You can make a difference. I would hate to know that I lived on this earth and didn't make a difference in anybody's life. I was a 
pretty good tool and die maker. I made a good living building tools, taking a raw piece of steel and making an instrument of use. I loved it. I just, I just fell in love with, with that kind of work. But when I was 26 years old, sitting about the second row back in an old-fashioned independent Baptist church, preacher would preach and fire would fly out his nose about three foot turn red in his face because he didn't know how to breathe right. Preached till he was so hoarse you couldn't hear him preach. And he's preaching on soul winning and missions and getting people saved. And it just something clicked one night. And not in an audible voice, but God said, I'd kind of like to use you to do something for me. I had several men working for me in my own business. And I said, Lord, why would you want a guy like me? He says, guys like you that don't know nothing, they can't do anything that I can get honor out of when I show you how to do it and give you the power to do it. And so I stood up a big dummy walked down the aisle cried a little while prayed a little while and stood up and that night I surrendered to lead singing in a Baptist church when I couldn't sing didn't know any music and did not know the patterns so God said I think you got your wires crossed I said, all right, Lord, I'll do the most difficult thing I know I can surrender to do. Now, I failed college because I wouldn't give an oral report in English. I just left it with them and said, you can take my degree and hang it on a post anywhere you want to, but I am not getting in front of those kids and giving an oral report. So I just walked out of college with no degree. Now I'm fixing to surrender to do the very first thing, the hardest thing in the world I can do. So I knelt right back down there and I said, all right, God, I will preach the gospel. And the burden left. And peace flooded my soul. And for 50 years, you know, 50 years God has been so good to me I hope I've made just a dab of difference in somebody's life Lanny this ain't planned would you stand up buddy how many years ago was it I preached and you surrendered to preach Where have you been? Where have you been all those years? 
as a missionary, starting churches. Folks, do you know I've got grandkids in the faith in Brazil I've never seen? Sit down, you've taken too much time on it. <laughs> Lanny was a bouncer down on East Berry at one of the beer joints when I met him. His kids rode my church bus now 40 some years ago. His wife came to church. She got saved. Her sister came, Betty Rhodes, and she got saved. I think I've baptized five generations in that family now. 30 members in the family I've baptized. Now, when you cross over, when you lay down in the arms of our Lord and he wings you across the other side, gathers around that great white throne and the the Bema seat the judgment seat of Christ takes place. At least there's one family I can say my life has not been wasted. How about yours? You say, well, I'm leaving great wealth to my family. Yeah, but the key word there is leaving. When I leave here, I'm meeting everything that I've sent ahead and everybody I've sent ahead. Please listen to me. This kind of selfish, sitting, satisfied kind of Christianity we've adapted must absolutely make God sick. Don't blame Washington. Blame the church. Don't blame politicians. Blame the preachers. In times like these, would you agree? We need a Savior. Somebody will save our homes. Somebody will save our relationships. Somebody will save our churches from falling off into the miry deep of liberalism and compromise and every other dumb thing in the world. Well, you know, there's one thing I forgot in this sermon was a poem and a dog story. But Christ is concerned Our country has become callous. Our church has become cold. Christians have become content. But I'm here to tell you, Christ is concerned. Now listen real real quiet. Listen, listen. Listen, don't you miss this. Don't miss this. 
Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man, any boy, any girl, any man, any woman will open, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Are you listening? Is somebody at the door knocking? Saying, are you tired of the kind of Christianity that you've got? It's cold and indifferent and selfish. The kind will keep you home tonight while everybody else is going to church. 